Talk and it's time now for a health feature. Now, when you've been trying to fall pregnant for some time uh, without success, it would be natural to wonder about the dreaded I word, infertility. But uh, the factors misleading us to believe that we're infertile may not necessarily be a case for medical intervention. Uh, in fact, it could simply be about understanding and listening uh, to what our bodies are telling us. Uh, research shows that up to 20% of South African couples may suffer from infertility, but not all couples who experience fertility fertility problems are infertile. Well, joining us to take your calls and questions on fertility uh, is Dr. Francis Patterson, who is a urogynecologist at the Urology Hospital in Pretoria. A very good uh, very good evening uh, to you, doctor, and thanks so much for joining us. Hi, Sarah. Thanks for having me. When we use the term infertility, what do we mean? Uh, so, you know, I really don't like the term infertility. I mm. feel like it has a lot of stigma around it, but basically... When a, when, when a couple has been trying to conceive for a year, regular timed intercourse, um, and they're under 35 and they have no other comorbidities, for example, they don't have high blood pressure or any other medical problem, we generally, uh, we generally will, will say that they have fertility issue or they have a problem with conception. And obviously it affects men and women differently and separately. Can you just talk about the different types of or, or the, the fertility issues that may be pertaining to, to men and then to women or vice sure. versa? So, so men, in terms of, of, of infertility, the main cause of infertility is some sort of sperm problem. And that can obviously be, I mean, there's, you know, obviously myriad causes mm. of, of, of infertility in males, but generally it's a, it's a sperm issue and that can be inherited. So for example, you can have a balanced translocation in one of your chromosomes, which is easy to test for, or it can be, it can be inherited. So it can be something environmental, smoking, alcohol, um, obesity can affect your sperm count. Um, and, you know, obviously this cycling craze that everyone is, is into at the moment, you know, long four-hour rides on a, on a bicycle with very, very tight clothing, things like that can all affect your fertility and also infections. So boyhood months, etc., can be quite, uh, quite detrimental to, to sperm count. Mm. And when we're looking at sperm count, we, we want sperm to look normal. We want it to be chromosomally normal. We want there to be plenty of it and we want it to swim well. So there's all sorts of different things that we look at when we look at a sperm count to see exactly what is happening. Is there an ideal sperm count? I mean, is, is there a, a, a figure? So the WHO has a, a, a kind of a thumb suck where they say that, you know, it, it should have X amount of motile sperm and X amount of good morphology sperm. But that's not to say that even if you only have one decent sperm and it's basically on a, in a wheelchair being pushed along, you can't have a baby because, you know, as long as you have one decent, decent looking chromosomal sperm, we can still help you along. And then in terms of women um, and, and issues around fertility, what are some of the main, uh, the main issues that women would have when it comes to fertility? Uh, in general, in South Africa, we look at mainly structural causes of, of, of fertility issues. So we're looking at mainly infectious causes. You know, we, we have a lot of HIV in the country. We have a lot of STDs. And that causes uh, very, very um, high numbers of tubal issues. So that little fallopian tube is, is extremely important when it comes to conception because the little, the little oocyte or the egg actually waits there for the sperm. 
um, the, the the conception actually happens in the tube, and it gets and then the little embryo gets moved along around by about day five into the uterus itself. So we need a good we we need a, a good well functioning tube in order to conceive. And in South Africa, because of the high STD rate and the high rate of HIV, often it's a tubal issue. We also have a lot of fibroids. So fibroids are growths on the womb. It's genetic. It's very, very high in the in sub-Saharan Africa and Africa in general, in terms of of the genetic propensity for fibroids, and they can cause an issue because they they are, they they make it you know they make it very difficult to conceive because the embryo can't implant properly. It can cause issues with the tubes, all sorts of things like that. So. Those are the two main ones. Um, there are lots and lots of structural causes that can cause it. I mean, just 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 myriad. But there is also, and it's important to remember, it's not just a structural issue. Women obviously need enough eggs. Uh, we're born with a certain number of eggs in our lifetime, and those those deplete over time as we ovulate every month. Also, in addition to depleting, they actually deteriorate in quality. So, as we get older. Even eggs that were fabulous at 25 may not be so fabulous looking at 35 or 36 or 37. That's why the fertility rate declines like it does, because it's not just so much quantity, but it's actually egg quality that we need to look at. Is there anything that we can do as women to make sure that our egg quality still not stays the same, but, but doesn't deteriorate to, 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 to dire an extent as we get older? I mean, I'm here at 38, and I and I don't have children yet, and I think, my goodness me, what what state are my eggs in? Well, I mean, you know, that's that's the quandary we're all in. We all want careers. We all want, yeah. you know, to to do things before we have children. But it doesn't necessarily mean that we have ruled out having a family altogether. Absolutely. Certainly, certainly, there are l- plenty of people, and I don't want everyone to have a complete cadenza about their egg quality. There are plenty of people at 38 with fabulous quality eggs and um, they, they the, the, the issue is that we really don't have control over what happens in terms of quality and quantity of eggs that that is genetically determined right and unfortunately as we get older the good quality eggs become sticky and they don't split as well as they should and that's why you get the increased risk of chromosomal abnormality such as down syndrome in terms of what we can do to prevent this happening, we can lead a healthy lifestyle. It's very important to know that smoking and 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 um, an alcohol use definitely depletes your egg quality. You know, it's it's not good for our chromosomes. It's not good for our eggs. It's not good for all the free radicals. It's just it's it's just a, it's just a disaster. And um, obviously, you know, your your weight is an issue. So one needs to stay within a kind of range of healthy weights. It's obviously ideal. And other than that, there's not much that we can do other than we can obviously seek specialist or help. We can check our egg quality. The specialist can look at the ovaries in terms of the follicles that they see on ultrasound. And we can do a certain blood test and we can get a vague idea of what the egg quality is looking like. And if it's still looking good over 35, you, you may want to freeze your eggs. I mean, ideally, one wants to freeze eggs at about 25. Because really? then you get a really, really good amount of eggs and you, you can generally be assured that they're all quite good quality. But, you know, oocyte freezing is not, is not ruled out in the over 35 population. I've never heard. I mean, that, that seems extraordinary. We've just had a message in uh, that says that I was told that women between the ages of 30 to 38 should consider freezing their eggs should they wish to have kids. Is this the case? Well, you've just heard from the doctor that 25 
is uh, is an age where that could i mean i wasn't even thinking at 25 about having kids freezing eggs any of that stuff absolutely absolutely i mean and and that and that is you know and and i i always say to my patients look you know we were supposed to you know in terms of evolutionary mm. terms we were probably supposed to have babies at about 20 you know that's when our that's when our peak fertility is and if you speak to the fertility specialists, you know, they're all very, very, um, very eager for us all to have children earlier because of this issue. And I think that, you know, I always say to my patients, yes, your fertility does decline. It declines quite steeply after 35 and, and then extremely steeply after 40. But when you're ready for a baby, that's when you need to worry about those things because there's always something that we can do. You know, there, there is nothing more deleterious to a, a, a a partnership or a, um, a relationship than having a baby that is not necessarily wanted at the moment. It is so mm-hmm. hard mm-hmm. and it has such long reaching effects that rather you wait until you're ready and you cross that bridge when you come to it. Mm, absolutely. That's certainly music to my ears. We've had a, a few messages that have come in. One uh, from Sally in Newlands who says, I'm 38 and my partner's 35. I've never been pregnant before, but my doctor said that given my age, I'm considered a geriatric mother. Uh, is it likely that at my age I'll have difficulty getting pregnant? I can't bear that term. I've heard that so many times. A geriatric mother past 32 or 33. It's absolutely revolting. I don't agree with it at all I, I i honestly you know in terms of in terms of risk you know doctors always need to weigh up risk and we always need to say this patient is an at-risk patient you know for whatever cardiovascular disease diabetes you are at risk over 35 but we now know that over 40 is your biggest risk for these things and i think then we have terms like you know advanced maternal age where if you have never had a baby before you're, you know, once you're 40, then then possibly there is there is a need to to define that risk with a term. But certainly, I mean, geriatric mother is just offensive, mm. absolutely offensive, and I I don't think that that's a good term. And I I think quite honestly, if anyone calls you a geriatric mother, you need to also maybe Google around for another obstetrician. Yeah. to be quite honest, absolutely, <laughs> just extraordinary, extraordinary. Uh, but and then the second part of that question is: it likely that at my age I'll have difficulty getting pregnant? I think we've 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 essentially covered uh, some of the some of the elements of that. Um, we'll go to a message from anonymous who says my husband and i have been trying to conceive for eight months without success i'm 32 and he's 42 and already has two kids from a previous relationship two years ago i had a miscarriage is this likely to affect my chances of getting pregnant okay so certainly not the miscarriage um you know 50 percent of of conceptions um end up in a miscarriage either we don't know that we were pregnant and this is more a biochemical miscarriage where we just have a heavy period or you know, the, the, there's a abnormal pregnancy which forms, and 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 the problem is, you know, it's such a taboo subject. If we go to coffee together and I ask how you are, you obviously won't tell me. If you've had a miscarriage, you have a a lot of guilt. There's a lot of shame. There's a lot of you don't want the pity. But but you know, out of out of two of us, one of us is likely to have had at least one miscarriage in our lifetime. So. Mm. It, that miscarriage has got you know nothing to do with with your with your future conception. Recurrent miscarriage does certainly need to be looked at, and you need to speak to your specialist. But one miscarriage certainly not going to affect you. Unfortunately, you know in, in that business uh, case, we, we probably should investigate a little bit quicker than I than I normally would say if you if you're under thirty five, purely because of 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 the partner's age. 
you know, sperm quality also declines. And, and, and this has been a myth for a long time that men can have babies until they're 80. Women can also have babies until they're 80, but it's not, it's not common. So I think that um, in that business case, I would strongly advise her just to pop to her gynae and just have a little chat and uh, at least maybe just do a, a, little, a little sperm workup and, and the general kind of um, check over just to, just to make sure that, the, that you, all the basics have been covered. What is the oldest that you've, and I don't, I don't know if this is an indelicate question, but what is the oldest that you've, you've been in contact or, or you've experienced a woman giving, giving birth without um, perhaps um, assistance for, to get to, to, to conceive? So I think uh, in my experience, 46. Uh, but with assistance, 50, I think 55, we saw in Whoa. the public sector. Yeah. And I mean, I've seen, you know, in the UK, uh, I see often, you know, these journal articles where they publish case series where, for example, the grandmother of somebody has, has been a surrogate for, for, for their grandchild at kind of 60. You know, that, 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 that is obviously not spontaneous conception, but, you know, you, you can certainly carry a, a baby at 60 if you've given all the right hormones. Sure. I'm not saying it's advisable. No. I'm not advocating it, but it is, it is humanly possible. Hmm. Okay. Um, is there a time period that, uh, that the medical profession says, look, if you've been trying for a certain amount of time um, and, and still uh, you haven't managed to conceive, that's the time at which you, uh, which you should seek medical help? I mean, it, it may, I can imagine that if you're 25 and you've been trying for a few months, um, then, then it may not be that much of a big deal. But if you are uh, perhaps older, perhaps you know, past 35 or, or, or heading towards 40, there may be a fear of already, I'm sort of on the back foot a little bit. I'm already slightly disadvantaged. So if it doesn't happen immediately, a panic might set in. But is there a recommended time period where uh, doctors say, okay, if you've been trying for a year, two years and nothing's happened, now maybe seek some help? Yes. So an, a couple that is that is young, under 35, with no medical problems whatsoever, can try for a year before they need to seek help. Most people will conceive within the first six months, and the rest, up to 92% of, of the total, will conceive within a year. The other 8%, there probably there may be some, some issue which needs to be resolved. If you are over 35, you or your partner are over 35, and you've been trying for more than six months, I would strongly advise you to at least see your gynecologist, have the baseline workup, discuss your options. The reason being that, you know, as I said, we're born with this, you know, for want of a better metaphor, basket of eggs. Mm. Some of them are good, some of them are, are red, and some of them are, are black. They're the bad ones. And every month, we either, we either we, we throw up a lottery of a, of, a, of a black or a red egg. And at 18, you still have a chance of having one of those black eggs thrown up. But the problem is, is that as we get older, those red eggs turn black. So we don't want to waste that precious, precious mm. um, last vestiges of your, of your good eggs over 35. And the concern for me is that if you wait a year, 18 months, every, every ovulation may be your last good egg. And, and that, 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 you know, is a, is a, and, and obviously we don't want to pathologize this. I don't want to make it super clinical, but I do think that, you know, it, it isn't worth wasting your time when you're over 35. Six months cut off for me 
Okay, okay, that's good to know. I have to say that, um, you know, I'm, I'm, at, I'm of a certain age. I, I'm 38, and, and it, I think I don't know whether it's just my my social circle, and this is just the nature of 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 my, of my friendship group. But, but many, many, many of my friends um, didn't start having kids until they were past 35, and I think that's because we were all, um, you know, we were all privileged to be in a position where um, we we were able to pursue careers, and we wanted to do that. We wanted to travel. We wanted to sort of live a little bit before before having kids and it was it's really the majority of them who after 35 have started to have kids my friend I've got a friend of mine who's pregnant now she's 39 um got pregnant with no problems a friend of mine 36 uh, just had a baby um Another friend of mine who was, I think was 36 when she got pregnant, but she'd been trying for two years, had gone through um, IVF and after running out of money, essentially, um, she then sort of woke up one day and got pregnant and has got the most beautiful, healthy uh, baby boy, a toddler now, um, which yeah. is, which, which gives people like me hope, I have to say, because I'm, I'm getting a little bit, a little bit anxious. Um, okay. So uh, well, let's talk about treatment options. So treatment options obviously will depend on the cause. You know, if if the if, if you if it's a male factor sperm issue, generally that means IVF or a sperm donor. Because if the sperm doesn't swim, we have no way, other way of making it swim other than introducing it into the egg into a lab in the lab and then and then then uh, reinserting the embryo. That that is unfortunately the, 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 you know, if the sperm isn't working, the sperm isn't working. So they'll need to look for a decent sperm under the microscope and, and do what we call ICSI, which is insemination into the egg itself, and then the embryo will then be put back into the uterus. On the, on the female side, really dependent on what the problem is. You know, fibroids can be removed surgically, um, we can do IVF if your tube is not working. If you if you aren't ovulating, we can um, support the ovulation and we can induce it and we can trigger. We can do timed intercourse or um, intrauterine insemination. Lots like a absolute plethora of, of of treatment options. And 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 not to forget, you know, we've got we've got good um, oocyte donor um, kind of databases in this country. So if you don't have any any good eggs left, you can still carry a baby. And I mean, yes, it's not your essential chromosomes, but you know, there's new studies coming out all the time about epigenetics and how your your chromosomes can actually affect your baby's chromosomes, even if it you know, even if it wasn't your genetic material to start with. And it's incredible what we're learning now, you know, on a molecular level. And you know, there, there's there's surrogacy, there is there's adoption, there's plenty of options for people. There is no reason for people to get despondent. Okay, let's not please use adoption as a proponent for or as an alternative to infertility. That is that's never a good idea, in my opinion. Uh, it's been fantastic to speak to you in a very uh, eye-opening conversation, and certainly one that I will be taking uh, a, a great deal of personal interest and and information mm-hmm. from. Uh, it's been a pleasure to have you on the line, Dr. Patterson. And thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me.